I'm Jackie Patton, Managing Director of Inkblot Creative, a new and very different communications and marketing agency. I'm so excited to be back with Series 3 of Stay Connected, where I have got the absolute pleasure of chatting to another fantastic group of business leaders, creatives and everyone in between about how they stay connected. We chat about big goals, important relationships and holding on to a sense of purpose when what's going on in the world isn't always in our control. I can't wait for you to join us for these conversations. So tune in every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher for the next free episode. And if you're enjoying these chats as much as we are, I'd really love for you to leave us a review. This week, I'm talking to Lauren Trehan, owner of House by Betty, a lifestyle and stationery store in Carmarthen. Lauren started off with the world of fashion in her sights and after a few bumps in the road, has created a business and an online community to be proud of. I found out about Lauren when an Instagram story of her singing in her shop really made my day and I've been hooked ever since. It was an absolute pleasure to get Lauren on the podcast. We talked about building the business, overcoming obstacles and what life is really like when you're trying to do it all. So sit back, relax, grab a cup of tea. This is Stay Connected. Well, do you want to tell me about your object that I asked you to bring? Yeah, so I don't have an object. Obviously. Love that. Zero objects. I don't feel attached to anything, really. Um, that comes from moving house quite a lot over the years, like probably since uh, early teens. Um, so if my house was about to burn down, uh, well, it was burned down, I had to get out. I'd, I'd grab the cat, obviously. Okay, so your cat is definitely a goer. I was starting to worry that you'd leave the cat. but that's... No, no, she, she'd run anyway. She's, she's pretty smart. Cats always survive. Everyone says that about their own pets. <laughs> she's so smart. <laughs> really, they're just dribbling in the corner. Like, stroke me. Cats are that animal, aren't they? That if yeah. there was a house fire, your cat wouldn't be looking back for you. That's for sure. They'd be out. Yeah, I like to think she would, though. <laughs> she'd be gone. She'd, that's why they've got nine lives. They're just like ruthlessly save themselves before. Yeah. Oh God, I've never thought of it like that. But I, so my object, I was thinking, um, I recently commissioned my friend to make me a ring, but she made it out of jewellery I'd made in my eight months of not having a shop. I enrolled myself on a jewellery course at the college I graduated from. It was like a part-time thing Um, because I needed to get like creative. I was in such a bad mental way. Like my, my mental, like I was so stressed, anxious. I thought I got to get it out of me somehow. So I just enrolled on this course, 10 weeks, like an evening a week. And I made myself this bracelet, but you had to do a sketchbook, you had to do a mood board, you had to do all these things. It was proper project based. And I did it on abuse. So um, I really have to get it out of inside me and into like an object, which is what Black Betty like later became because there was so much of it. But I made this to build a whole shop to get it out. Yeah. Good for you though. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm painted black. (laughs) Interesting. I'm sure there's some psychology in your new one being white, right? 100%. Um, So I made this bangle and it was like all ivy leaves going around and it was like they were alive and then dead and they were wilting as they went round. and so I was looking at this bracelet last year having a little bit clear out in the house and I found a bangle in, in the cupboard and I was like oh my god this is so depressing to look at like this big pile of expensive silver is like resembles just the worst time of my life so my friend's a jeweler and she was at work and on furlough and I was like oh I'm 30 this year can you 
melt all this down and make it into something very pretty. So I got a peace ring made. Oh, that's gorgeous. Yeah, out of um, really horrible abuse jewellery. I love that. Yeah, I was like, what could I turn it into? That's like a positive reminder rather than like dead ivy on my wrist. We were talking, but obviously before we started recording for like ages, I had to go make another cup of tea. We talked for so long. (laughs) And from my, like, so just to give everyone a bit of background. So I started following you on Instagram a little while ago and just instantly fell in love with your Instagram stories. Um, And then kind of have been stalking you basically on Instagram for about a year. And then finally was like, please come on my podcast. And you very kindly agreed. Um, so I didn't actually know you until today, although that weird thing about Instagram is that I do feel like I know you uh-huh. because I've watched you weirdly on Instagram for a year. Um, but we were talking about your life and having a cuppa before we started recording. And it feels like there's a bit of a theme around how do you make good of situations that maybe haven't been exactly what you want them to be. And that object is like the exact yeah. representation of that. So you... You grew up in Kamar then, in Wales. Yeah. With your mum. Yeah, and my two brothers. And your two brothers. And you're back in Kamar then now, but you said you've moved around quite a lot in between. Yeah, I sort of dabbled in Pembrokeshire <laughs> when I had my shop there for five years. That should be a sign. I've dabbled in Pembrokeshire. <laughs> I get a t shirt. I love that. I'll only wear it when I go to Pembrokeshire. <laughs> I've dabbled here. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I basically, I've never really moved far away. I visited like the city, like gone to London for weekends. I studied there for a summer, um, but just never felt like I wanted to be there 100% of the time because I really like where I live. Um, we always take it for granted, always, but we have pretty much everything here. Like it's beautiful, isn't it? We've got a lot to shout about, I think. So, yeah, um, I mean, I, you have these dreams, don't you? Oh, I'd love to live in a city where I could just walk downstairs and get myself a fresh fresh pastry every day. And, I, you know, this latte life. <laughs> yeah, but you wouldn't, would you? You'd be in your pyjamas eating last night's Domino's because nobody can keep that up. No, it, bloody hard going. When I studied in, um, went to St. Martin's for a summer and I stayed in Uxbridge. So I was like the furthest stop on the bloody tube. And my tube journey was 58 minutes one way I read five books in a fortnight and the rush to get there I was basically asleep on the tube um I got stuck in a door it's just not it's just not what you think like this you romanticize it in your head oh wouldn't it be lovely and then you go and you're like this is not the pace of life I want it's hell it's interesting that though isn't it how like we get connected to different places so I live on an island and I find it really hard to be too far away from the sea yeah. And I've lived all over the place, but I'm always really aware of that. I think there's always something about kind of where you're from that draws you back a little bit. Yeah, we have a saying here, it's called Hiraith, and there's no like actual translation, but it means this it's a feeling of home. Um, and it's like a Welsh, yeah, it's a Welsh word. People have it like tattooed and they have signs made. Like it's, it's, it's just a word that describes the feeling we get here. Yeah. But yeah, it's a big deal especially here it's quite common I love that there's like god that tells you something about the English doesn't it like we don't have a word for that but (laughs) I love I love it when 
you know, is it, I can't pronounce it, but there's a Danish word for that feeling you get when you're like cozy and tucked up with a cup of tea under a blanket in front of a fire. And I'm like, I just love that they have a specific word for that feeling. Yeah. yeah. I think it's a similar thing here. Like, yeah, here right is, is, is what we call it. So you grew up with your mum for a while, but then you went and lived with your nan, you were telling me. So was she like a big part of your... So I went to my aunt's first, aunt, where she tried to like, um, teach me the uh, uh, like authority <laughs> and that she was it <laughs> but um obviously not having a dad I mum didn't really mum has no authority I've met mum on Instagram so <laughs> everyone has to go <laughs> I don't know how laid back she is um so yeah it didn't last in my auntie's very very long at all um and then went to live with my nan and she sat me down one night when she realized I was going to stay for like two years she sat me down with my grandpa and they wrote a list of rules. Oh my God. It was like, I'd never, it clicked then. I was like, oh my God, this is normal. What my auntie tried to do was like normal. And I actually needed that. And so she said, if you're not home by half past nine, you're out. Like, this is the rule. And um, I was with my boyfriend then at the time, the guy that I was going to stay with like, for the next nine years. But at the time I didn't know, obviously. But they, <laughs> they didn't like that I had this boyfriend until they found out that his father was a doctor. Oh my God, they loved him then. They'd like, invite him for tea. I love that. Grandparents like, tick, we'll have that. Yes, yes. Um, so yeah, they wrote these rules. And um, that's when I sort of understood that, okay, in life you have to sometimes do as you're told, which was really tough for me. I found it really difficult because I'm I'm quite a creative. Like, but as a child, mum, when my when my dad passed, it was quite sudden. So she was left with three kids. We didn't have much. We were, we were quite poor, I would say. Like we we would have like sometimes we, the electric would run out. We'd have no gas to cook. Um, so we were quite innovative, and quite creative, and I always had this need to express that in the way I look, in the way I dress. Because that's the first thing you can change is how you dress. And then I control it. Yeah, always told off in school for like having cornrows <laughs> or painting my nails, and I just didn't understand it. Like authority for me was like stomping on my creativity, and that I found so hard. And I left school at um, fifteen. I like obviously I did after my GCSEs. I, I was straight out of school to the art college, and then I was home. And you you had like the you had these rights all of a sudden <laughs> you know that you could wear um a pink tie you know yeah and nobody would be like take that pink tie off well they still got my pink tie in my secondary school and I'm like that's in the Selick's cupboard somewhere <laughs> <laughs> give me back my tie I love it <laughs> and they probably got a stash of my nose rings and god knows what else there's probably like a Lauren drawer I love that and do you think, so for people that don't know you, so you've got this amazing business called House by Betty oh. and you're on House by Betty number two at the minute, aren't you? And we'll talk about... Well, it's number four, really. Oh. But, but two in the last two years, yeah. Two in the last two years. Mm. So you've worked for yourself for a long time. Yeah. Do you think that part of that is that kind of not feeling like... Absolutely unemployable. I didn't want, I didn't want to be the one to say it, so I'm glad right. that you said it. Fully, hold my hands up. I am yeah I've worked in jobs I've worked um I worked a Tesco night shift I worked in a zoo I've oh, worked wow. in bars yeah yeah that was enjoyable um I fit in so well in a zoo <laughs> chaos isn't it the lions are loose yeah but Lauren's loose too 
Um, yeah, I just, I've tried. Um, it just doesn't, I don't know. I like, okay, so I, I like making my own rules, but I end up working like probably 18 hour days. I love it. It doesn't feel like work. I love it. I absolutely love it. It's like being at home 100% of the time. That makes me so happy to hear you say that though, because you think of everybody that you can maybe think of right now that's that's doing jobs that feel like you're living for the weekend, living for five o'clock, you know, because it's just something you've got to do. So to hear you say that it's the complete opposite. opposite. I've gone, oh no, I can't come out the weekend because I'm working. <laughs> Stop, guys. And you went, you mentioned you went to, so you went to Command the School of Art, didn't you? And I looked at what you did. You did fashion design and garment technology, yes. which sounds incredibly complicated. Yeah, you had to make clothes, like, but you had to design them, make them, put them on models, find people to wear them. And then you had to arrange for a photo shoot. It was the whole process. So did you think that you were going to go into that fashion world to begin with? Is that where you kind of... Oh, yeah. yeah, totally. Like like I said in school, like I was always the one that, trying to change my uniform. <laughs> Somehow <laughs> I will like deviate from this narrow... Like I said to the teacher one day, why do you want me to wear this? I look the same as everyone. Yeah, you re- represent the school, she said. I was like, I just don't understand that. I represent me. And yeah, school just wasn't for me. Like being in a uniform environment was like hell. But how come you then ended not ended up going down that fashion route? Then what happened? So yeah, so as I, like we, we, when we were chatting before this, I I told you that when I went to live with my aunt, it was because I was bullied at school, and it was because I was too thin. So um, I've always been super skinny. Um, which is quite an offensive word, I think, but I am. It is what it is. I'm very slim, very slim, and also very Caucasian. I'm very everything. So I'm like the extreme of all these things. I'm also very Caucasian, so I'm with you. I have translated. I take the box twice. So like if there's a form and it says Caucasian, I'm like, yeah, two ticks. (laughs) When you have see-through skin, that's when you know, right? Yeah, you can see the blue. Yeah. Yeah, My feet are blue. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah, nuts. Um... So where was I? Being skinny at school. Yeah. Um, And my mum had a sewing machine because my grandma was a dressmaker for a little bit. Um, My mum's mum. And so being really thin, it was really hard to find clothes, especially school uniform, because it comes like in certain sizes. And I was this tall, lanky, very slim person. And it was either too short on my legs or too baggy on the waist. So mum was like constantly like, this is how you do this. You can take it in here. And I'd be mesmerized by like the fact that you can change all these things and make alterations to stuff and like have something that no one else had. And it became like just this like freedom thing, you know, like you could change everything with this one machine. So I would learn how to use mum's sewing machine. I would break it all the time, which was really <laughs> annoying because we never had money to get it fixed. But yeah, we, she taught me how to fix it and like change things and like even oil it. And it's like this little baby that could change everything. And um, yeah, making my own clothes from scratch was like a dream. So when I found out that it was a college, my, my like head of school actually said to me one day, um, he caught me smoking behind the sheds. And um, he what said- cliche. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I was like, my hood up, trying to light a cigarette. And I turned around when I lit it, and there he was, just in my face. And I was like, oh, hi. 
<laughs> so anyway, um, he just looked at me and said, there's an open day at the art college. Why don't you go? And I was like, what? Well, like, right now. And he's like, yes, just go. So I ended up buying him a fancy pen for that. You know, like, <laughs> I bought him this really nice pen. Like my mum was like, got to get your teacher something for, you know. <laughs> Put you on the right path to all trying to get rid of me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I that, didn't know. I had no idea. At home, thinking, what are we going to do with her? And then he had yeah. this idea. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, he just like, yeah, leave, go, follow your dreams. <laughs> but then, once you finished there, what happened? I actually got an internship, so um, I couldn't really afford to stay in uni. Um, I worked in the zoo and I worked a Tesco night shift during uni during my third year, um, which was really tough. But I was really adamant that I was going to get first. And I was really adamant that I was going to get an internship. Um, and I got it. And on the second day of the internship, she gave me the rules. So here comes the authority. <laughs> yeah, I'm sorry to tell you, Lauren, but this thing does often repeat itself. <laughs> yeah, no. <laughs> I just, I'm always surprised when rules come into like my life and I'm like, really again? Yeah, why does everyone keep insisting on this? Thank God the house that I've got like isn't listed because geez, if conservation turned up and started giving me rules right now, I would break. So anyway, um yeah, she um she said, Oh, you're gonna have to work um pretty much a drop of a hat. We go to Paris Fashion Week. I had to fund all this. And I was living like on my own and paying rent and working Tesco's night shift because I got higher night premium. Um and I was like, I, I can't do this as well as that. Like, I'm going to die. Like, I literally, I, I feel ill. It's been a year of this. And um, on my third day, I quit because I wasn't going to get paid for it. It was really long hours. And I just felt like it was unfair. Um, so I, like, cried for basically a month. I was very upset. I was so emotional. Because I'd worked five years on a fashion diploma and a fashion degree. Um, five years of su- such hard work. Um and I did the summer school in St. Martin's. Uh, I studied couture tailoring off my own back because I was so passionate about it. And I paid a lot of money to study that and um, to better myself all the time in that field. But yeah, so very upset person, sat there, 21. I've done all this for nothing. <laughs> Literally sobbing. And um, I had this really shit Ikea table and chairs. And I was like, I need to just paint. So it started at that point, like in that moment, I found a tin of paint in the shed, my in-laws, my partner at the time. I lived in their annex and I rented off them. And underneath me was a workshop. So I lived in a little plywood box above a workshop, which was amazing. And that later became my workshop for what was then vintage Betty, because I started just selling vintage furniture. So I'd buy a chest of drawers for 20 quid in an auction. And after doing this Ikea table and chairs, um, I realised, wow, this is super, like, you can't just alter clothes you can alter things as well yeah amazing and you could make money (laughs) really quickly so I bought this shit 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 awful clapped out chest of drawers for 20 quid like nobody wanted it and I set to sanding it and painting it priming it and making it look absolutely beautiful took a picture of it and I put it on eBay and it sold for 250 quid and I was like wow if I could do this this many times so it got to the point where my workshop became over the course of about six months full of tables chest of drawers chairs oh it was intense like you couldn't swing a cat and it's a pretty big workshop um 
yeah, and that's how I started. A friend of a friend said, I'm moving back from London and I'm going to get an office. It just so happens to come with a shop floor. Do you want it? No, I don't want a bloody shop. Are you nuts? I can't commit to this. And that was my partner who told me I commit with issues. So, <laughs> so yeah, anyway, it was like 300 quid for a month and that's like cheap storage. But yeah, I was working in the zoo at this point and I just went for it and I put stuff in the shop window and then found myself opening it three days a week and then found myself needing suppliers to put things on chests of drawers to sell them and then fell in love with that stuff. And it just, that's where it started. Crazy. It is. And it's amazing that it sounds like whenever something doesn't go right for you, you're looking for how you can use that outlet to create something new. Yeah, to channel like bad energy. Yeah. We started off talking about your bracelet that's ended up as something new. Yeah. Yeah. Always I'm trying to better things or, um, you know, uh, channel whatever's really eating me inside to get it out to make like I, I I said on my Instagram when when I first started doing stories it was only like a year and a bit ago um for the first nine years of having my business you wouldn't catch me in front of a camera unless someone was in the picture with me and it was a picture I was limited to just pictures um I really hated myself like I just had no confidence which is really odd um but yeah I suppose that's just yeah I've, I've come full circle I think um but I said something about why I'm going to start story and why I'm going to start telling the truth or being a bit more real and giving the customer a, a fuller picture of what it is actually like to run this business and why I do this or why I like these pretty mugs or or why I'm in all of these rugs or you know um so yeah I, I make spaces with bad energy I like that's like where it all starts it's like I'm really stressed I'm gonna paint something make it look nice it's gonna really calm me so I do it and then I explain why. So it's like when I was following a lot of accounts that were really beautiful accounts, you know, oh my God, this feed is stunning. Every post is beautiful. I feel oh so God, Don't look at my Instagram, Jesus. <laughs> no, but that's reassuring because these beautiful accounts aren't real. Like they can't be. Nobody's perfect. Like that is just too high a standard to live up to. But I thought, yeah, that's a pretty wall or whatever why though like what went into that like where's the where's the like, where's the work yeah yeah and for me the work is mental like it's all in my head it's um yeah my ideas obviously start in my brain um and they come for a reason a lot of the time they come for a reason so yeah I started being a bit more honest a and lot think, more honest <laughs> let's be I honest. Think that's why I, I started following you though because I thought I think the first story I saw of yours, you were like singing in your shop. Oh, and you, were having, you were having like a bit of a mad day and you had like music on and you were like proper going for it. Oh yeah, I remember that. And I remember thinking, this is nice. I like this. <laughs> I don't want to go to that shop. I want to know why, she, why she's having to blast her music. And it, it lets people in, doesn't it? But yeah. we're talking about, so the shop that I first saw you on was you were in what's now being affectionately termed black betty <laughs> because it's the shop was black for anyone that is wondering yeah. what was going on yeah um but that was another project wasn't it that was kind of a a way to ground yourself and connect to what was going on right now to kind yeah. of get a load of energy out can you tell us a bit more about kind of why that started 
Yeah, so I had a shop in Narbeth after the, the 300 quid storage facility worked really well. <laughs> Every man who came into that shop just said, you need to shop in Narbeth, you need to shop, this should be in Narbeth. Narbeth this sort of like beautiful little boutique town um, in Pembrokeshire. And it's only 30 minutes from where I live in Carmarthen. So yeah, I'd made the jump, went there, went really well for five years. Um, but I, in between all that, I found out I had obsessive compulsive disorder, um, had a bit of a breakdown. I think trying to be a businesswoman and not show any reality really um, pushed me to have that meltdown. Um, especially being in Narbeth, I was 23 or 22 when I signed that lease and it was like a £70,000 commitment um, over five years and I had to be perfect because I was competing with people who'd been in business for 25 years on that high street and their shops were gorgeous and all of a sudden I was amongst them and so I had to be really perfect at all times and someone said to me don't tell people you're struggling because no one wants to see that shop's struggling and I was like oh my god terrible advice Terrible advice. Yeah, hindsight's terrible and advice. And also just terrible advice generally for anyone listening. If you're struggling, everyone struggles, right? Yeah, just be a bit more real. God. Like, and get help if you need help. it. Yeah, I'll help. Yeah, but you, you have enough on. We'll talk more well, about yeah, that. But I, yeah, just being real helps. Just even saying it out loud helps. God, that's such a release. Um, so yeah, I went through a few, um, yeah, crazy times at Narbeth, but really good times and um ended up uh actually meeting someone and uh falling in love and moving in uh whirlwind romance and then ended up um uh, with well at women's aid after it so um i was abused um for quite some time and i got very poorly and had to shut narbeth my heart wasn't in it i was just constantly ill and so everything just crumbled. The pressure, you know, a few things, um, being abused, the pressure of being perfect while you're being abused also, um, just took away all my life. Like I had absolutely nothing to give and I didn't want to give. I was done, exhausted. So um, I closed it and didn't have a shop anymore. Um, and I came to live in a, in a house and that was my channel. I did the whole house out. Um, it's a rental, but a friend of mine owns it. And um, she could see that I needed a project and sort of put it to me a few times during shutting down Arbeth. Like, I've got this house, you need this house, I've got this house. So yeah, I called her up on a, on a boxing day, sleeping in my car and was like, I, I am in a state. And she asked me how long I'd been in the car. <laughs> I said quite some time. <laughs> so I ended up coming here on a boxing day and channeled everything I had into this project and got better, managed to get free of my abuser uh, through uh, the help of Women's Aid. And um, yeah, I all of a sudden saw this building and I was like, that, that's my shop. That's going to be my shop. And I was walking to a, to a Tinder date <laughs> 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 and I just... I just called up the bank and I just said, um, can I get a loan? Next thing to do. And uh, they, they said, yes. That's more like, nuts though, right? That's insane. But they were like, yeah, we can see your business can still run in, but you're not, you're not taking any money. And I was like, well, I'm, I'm just operating online and not really doing much with it. Um, 
but I sort of explained that I'd shut my shop and this one had more opportunity and I really I like sold it to them I, I think I was trying to sell it to myself as well because it just mm. it's just like a, an idea um I just all of a sudden got this rush of like self-confidence and I, I hadn't had it for so long and I, and it, I just had to get it out <laughs> by a phone in Lloyd's <laughs> nice. yeah come on Lloyd's um yeah and they said they'd give me money and I was like wow okay let's do this so um I painted everything black <laughs> literally the whole of the front of the building yeah the whole of it yeah crazy was that quite a cathartic experience setting that shop up then oh my god so good I I put laid floor in I plumbed a sink in I had a drill bit that was like the the bigger than my legs like to go through and put waste in for a sink I've never done this stuff before but I was like YouTube's your best friend girl (laughs) and I just saw everything (laughs) it was like independence let's get independence again this is your home this is now your you know, nobody's going to tell you this isn't yours, you know, um, because my abuser actually frequently told me that I was um, his favorite words were like, you're shit at running a shop. Um, yeah. And so I really believed I was um, because obviously I was struggling and I found it really hard. But that was because I wasn't being very honest. And so this um, black Betty, you call it, um, was an opportunity to come back but as me, I know I've been in business for what, like seven years at that point or eight years at that point. And I've always tried to be a version of me, which is, it, it does exist. It's the professional side of me who I, who I am sometimes, but I never show any of the other sides ever. Even when you're having like personal meltdowns, people really understand it. If you just say, you know, like it, it's fine. It's fine to be served by a crying woman behind the counter. <laughs> we all awesome. have those days though, don't we? And I just think yeah. that sometimes when somebody shows you they have it too, it's really comforting. Yeah, it is really nice. And more often than not, they say something really helpful or, or they, it's just nice that they haven't said anything not helpful. <laughs> and actually, if they're not for you, they're not for you anyway, right? So exactly, yeah. That's yeah. all right too. <laughs> no, totally fine. Like you can't please everyone. And that's a big, that I, I always, I'm a, you know, I like to please people, my customers, they've come in and I really want them to have a good experience. But the pressure I put on myself to give them that good experience when I'm crying out the back <laughs> is like, that's just not, not achievable. Like it, you're setting yourself up for this, this major mental breakdown, <laughs> potentially, in my case, probably. So, yeah. But so Black Betty was like this massive labour of love to kind of get it all out, get your independence back, make something amazing that was more you it was to prove him wrong and prove me wrong because I believed it I really believed that my business was um I was shit at it or I was uh, not not good enough and um yeah it was just for me proving a point first to myself to him and to like the world you know where I was feeling so down and out but um yeah, that, that's how it started off. And I fell in love with it. Like, again, my job, I fell in love with creating spaces, buying stock, finding stock, uh, dealing with suppliers, and then selling the stock and showing the stock. That was how I felt in Narbeth, you know, previous to all that. And uh, he really did, like, take that away. And 
I didn't, I didn't think it would ever come back. I thought, oh, that was just something I did then. And then all of a sudden, it's like fire. Just, it felt like a fire. And I was like, I've got to do this. This is what I'm supposed to do. It was like I'd been asleep or um, sedated for a year. It was nuts. It's funny because you were talking before about the course you did at uni and it being the end-to-end process. Yeah. And how you loved that it was like the whole thing end to end. Yeah. And you've just described what you do now as the the whole process, like from yeah. finding it to like that whole process. And obviously that's like something that you really love. I like to try or, or to know my product really well. Um, I can't, people, someone asked me recently, do you buy things you like or do you buy things you think will sell? I said, oh, I buy things I like every time. I can't sell something I hate. <laughs> Even if that's a life-size um, poster of a black cat, you know, and it's not going to fit in anybody's house. I like it. I'm going to buy it and hope it sells. <laughs> the reality of it's selling slim. <laughs> you know, I don't buy things that I think are saleable ever. I just buy things I um, really, like, I really like. really like this. So I think, I think that, you know, this is a, something I need. And it's funny because you said right at the very beginning, we were talking about objects and you said, I don't feel connected to an object. No. But you feel super connected to the things that you're selling. Oh, yeah. It's so odd, isn't it? Yeah, so it's not a personal thing. It must be lovely. No, I like to make people happy is what I like to do, Um, which is a positive and a negative because it does get me into sticky situations. And I, I probably make myself quite unhappy trying to make people happy sometimes so it's always at the expense of, of my well-being sometimes you know like people are saying to me uh, today I did a story about um click and collect days on Monday Wednesday Friday guys <laughs> and they were bringing me on a Sunday <laughs> yeah I'm getting emails can you be there to meet me at 7 p.m at night on a Sunday and I'm like please because I will say yes you're putting me in a really hard place because I I, I want to do it I really want to do it but I really need to not do it. That's what I need to do. <laughs> I need to like eat. <laughs> and also because you love what you do so much and you want it to be so good and yeah. so much of it is you, yeah. if you're not well and you can't, it won't exist, right? So you have, to, you have to balance it. This is new for me, yeah. Recently I'm learning like a lot about delegating and what other people can do and what, yeah, it's amazing because I've run it on my own um, well, for the first Six years I had it on my own. And then I had just a friend come and work for me for a couple of days a week. But it was always just a friend, someone I really trusted. And I would never give them responsibilities. So they would just be there to serve customers when I was away or buying stock or at an auction, you know, or yeah, away in Malvern or whatever in the flea market. And I never took time off. I've worked seven days a week since I can remember. Um, but recently in white betty so in the new shop in the big fancy shop with actual shop fins and the shop that makes my shop look like a real shop um i've had two like amazing people come to work for me and they're also from command school of art so they've got the same experience in the like photography that i've had so they are completely capable and this is really new during lockdown that i can say to kez we need to put all this stuff on the website we don't have any images. And she's like, yeah, done. I'll do it. And I don't have to do it myself. It's so amazing. I'm so in awe of what she's doing. Like, I'm, I'm just like, wow, you can, you can 
put things on my website. <laughs> has, that, was, has that been a bit of a control thing for you before, do you think? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Yeah, a bit of a control freak. Not a good trait. I think anyone that has a business, though, it's like you're so in it, it can be hard to... Yeah, like you can't trust anybody to do a good enough job. Throughout my life, um, there's been the saying, if you want a job, do it and do it yourself. DIY. I do DIY all the time. I am the ultimate DIYer. But learning to delegate has been amazing. You don't have to learn how to plumber sink in, for God's sake. It's going to take you three days when a plumber could come. Half an hour. It's no stress. You could have been working on something else. It's amazing. I don't know. Other people are going to think this is silly. It's not silly because I'm smiling because I'm thinking I had this exact conversation with somebody yesterday about how you just have to know what you're good at. Yeah. And then the rest of it, find someone that's good at that. (laughs) Yeah, because it takes them like less than half the time. Much less than half the time. So impressive. But then equally, I guess, if you hadn't have been doing it all yourself, you wouldn't have had that opportunity to get out all the stuff you had to get out into. Yeah, yeah. I don't have any regrets at all. purpose. Yeah, yeah. I know I'm, I'm a big firm believer that I don't regret an, a waste of my energy. So I don't have any of those. I just try and see what, what did I learn about that? Um, well, this, this and this. Um, there's always something, you know? I've just loved hearing about your journey to doing what you do now. I just think... It's just amazing the, the journey you've been on and how you've got there and the things you've done and all the crap that you've had to get past. And it's just ace to see it going so well. But I guess before we finish up, I want to talk to you about kind of the future. What, where do you see, where do you see yourself? Where do you see the business? What do you reckon? What's next for you? I have absolutely no idea. And I love that I have no idea. So anything's possible. If you would have told me six months ago that I would have a shop in like a precinct opposite a next and a Debenhams, I would have fallen off my chair. So pretty much anything could happen either way, good or bad. Like I am just living for like the next week, <laughs> which is lush. The first time I'm freeing. Yeah. Yeah. Big commitment issues here, <laughs> obviously. I keep coming back. cropping up. Yeah, I know. It's a definite theme though, isn't it? Yeah, so I'm, I'm just learning like every day. And for me, lockdown has been opportunity. So I've, I know I feel guilty about it, but because some people have had really, really crappy years, but I've just really thrown myself in and gone, oh my God, this is now an opportunity so I can do this, you know? I've just seen it as a positive as much as I can. Well, it's funny because you've you've told me that you've got commitment issues a few times during this chat, but <laughs> it sounds to me like you're super committed to seeing the positive, to making things better, to finding a way. And that's like a recurring theme, right, through your story. Yeah, I'm determined, but I I don't know what for, you know. Anything, I'm, I'm, anything I do, I'm determined in because if I set my mind on something... I'm getting it done (laughs) you know one way or the other I'm determined to see that happen but yeah I don't know I don't know what could happen like pandemic like like the world is going to change massively it's going to be a huge huge year for retail and I don't know how it's going to go 
and independence. Independent retail is going to change. It'll be interesting though, won't it? And you're ready. Yeah, like I love the change. I, I thrive on change. So yeah, whatever the change is, we'll deal with it. Like just got to be a bit more of a ninja. <laughs> I love that uh, idea of you in a ninja outfit. So I want to. I, I saw it. I saw it flash before my eyes, and I was like, I have to do But one of the things you've talked about um, a little bit is obviously you, you were saying you've had OCD. You've obviously we're in a, an abusive relationship you've had a lot of things to deal with do you think that you are learning more how to kind of prioritize yourself as you go through these things or is that still a bit of a struggle for you massive struggle I very rarely put myself first um I don't know why that is I'm always in a rush to get things done and I happen to just miss life getting things done because there's always stuff to get done isn't there yeah the list doesn't go away <laughs> no it just gets bigger if anything or it changes and once one thing's off another thing because time's going by isn't it all the while um yeah and I've missed out on quite a lot of like family time um like recently my nephew came to the shop and I tried to lift him up to get on top of a box and I couldn't lift him and I was like wow oh my god like he's now like eight <laughs> I feel like the last time I had quality time was he wasn't definitely wasn't eight <laughs> um and I could lift him you know so yeah I need to learn I I do need to um give myself a break somehow <laughs> can't really go on all day now though can we no so you might as well just plow on, on. on. <laughs> gotta wait today that's I? not bad adv- that's bad advice for me I shouldn't be saying that <laughs> Taking time for yourself, Lauren. No, that's no. I'm with you. Like, it's, but now is the time to seize. Oh, well, it's not. Is it like yesterday? It's tomorrow. <laughs> every day. <laughs> I can say that every day. Oh, I'm, what am I like? Well, I've absolutely loved talking to you. It's been so nice to get to like virtually meet you finally. But <laughs> before we wrap up, where can everybody find out more about you and House by Betty? So I would recommend that Instagram every time it's the best place to, to find everything all in one go. So you can shop with us. You can watch the crazy stories. You can see, meet Jane. You can meet Jane. I mean, that's worth it. That's a highlight. It is. It is actually on the highlights as well. There's like a whole highlight of Jane. Just for anybody needs her at any point. You can just hit the highlight. She's, um, she's comedy. So yeah, gold. She's gold. Well, it's been so great chatting to you and I will put your Instagram in our show notes as well so that everyone can find you. But Lauren, thanks for joining me. Thank you. Hopefully you enjoyed listening to this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. You can tune in every week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify or Stitcher for the next free episode. And why not subscribe now so you don't miss out? If you really enjoyed this episode, then please don't forget to leave us a five-star review because they really do help. And why not head over to Instagram, share the episode with your family and friends and tag us too. Thanks for listening and don't forget to stay connected.